Well, good morning, everyone. It's good for us to be able to be in touch with each other as we continue in this time of worship and learning together. Let's pray together to open our minds and our hearts as we've read and heard together this short but familiar passage and consider its relevance for Jesus's followers today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the word that you give us your heart, you give us your mind, you give us light on our path. And we pray that our time together is just part of that for our lives this morning. May you be glorified in all that we say and do, not just today, but in the days ahead. And we ask this for your glory. Amen. I hope this morning will be relevant, not only if you are someone who's been with SBC for decades, but today is your very first time. As you heard that passage this morning, did you think what a blessing it was for those 12? They're just recently appointed. Jesus has just recruited them and he calls them apostles. And what a diversity amongst them. They're not all fishermen from Galilee. In fact, as you go through the list, you find that there are three rather oddballs towards the end. There's Matthew, the tax collector that we were hearing about a week or so ago. Now he's someone who's turned out to be a traitor. He's on the payroll of the Roman authorities and he seems to, at least as we begin, he enjoys collecting money from his Jewish relatives and colleagues and neighbours and paying them in to the government. And then there's Simon the Zealot. Zealots? Zealots were terrorists and Jesus invites a terrorist to be one of his apostles. I remember terrorism in London. It was about 50 years ago now, but I was working in London Bridge at a hospital there. And it was just the time when the IRA was threatening to bomb the London stations. And then lastly, there's Judas Iscariot. He's the guy that Jesus already knows will betray him. Why has such a diverse group? Well, why not? Jesus is preparing to minister around it in a part of the Near East, which has Jerusalem at his focus. But because of historical events, politics, money, military power, how about the will of God too? This area has a total mishmash of people, languages, religions, and more besides. But you know, one of the things is that oddballs are the sort of people who do well in a society that's all mixed up like that. Let's look at some of these verses. Verse five, these 12 Jesus sent out. He sent them. He didn't just suggest or give them 
some ideas. It was very clear to them. And then in verse 7, he says, you go and I want you to preach this message. These guys, it, it was an amazing. They didn't deserve to be called to do this, but it was exciting. It was challenging. Yes, but maybe it was a bit scary too. Does that sound familiar? Why not? Because it's a message for you and me today. Whatever our age, background, nationality, language and more. Jesus is calling us to himself. Go back to the very first verse of this chapter. And he's sending us. Verse 5. Well, not me, you say. Well, here is the question for you and me. If we say, no, that's not me, is that truly a reason? Or is it only an excuse? Jesus didn't consider any excuses. But in verse 5, Matthew tells us that Jesus sent them with the clear instructions that they would need. And they're somewhat strange at first reading, but I think they're important for us. Verse 5, Jesus says, I want you to avoid the homes of the Gentile families. Now, Gentile families were those who were settled there, many of them from Greek and Roman invasions. And there were those from Asia Minor and Syria who'd moved south. Then he goes on and also names the Samaritans. Now that's a different situation because they were people who had grown up with a Jewish lineage. They were formerly Jews. But many of them had intermarried with Assyrian invaders on those lands bordering the Mediterranean coast. And as a result, they'd lost their faith or they'd twisted their faith to suit their local situation and added some extra gods. No, Jesus is very clear in his instructions. You see it in verse 6, that it is to the lost sheep of Israel that they should preach the good news. Not just preach the good news, but heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse those with leprosy. And in the Bible, when it talks about leprosy, I think we understand today that covers a whole range of skin diseases of which leprosy was just one. And then he says, drive out demons. Some of that we might dismiss as mental illness that had been misunderstood. But surely Satan was also gaining a place in certain people's lives and hearts. And so there was possession. You might say, well, that's strange when I hear Jesus say that. Don't other people need the good news too? Do I want to follow a Jesus who has favourites? No. 
and nor do I believe that that's what he was asking. You see, as we read these verses, we have to understand that he's not understanding on prohibiting ministry to certain peoples in itself. Rather, he is prioritizing ministry so as to have an establishment and a nurturing of the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus knows that he will suffer, that he'll be exploited and ultimately be killed by the scribes linked in with priests and Pharisees. They and those they control and dominate are indeed the lost sheep. They are the first priority right now. So how do we understand Jesus's priorities a bit more? Jesus calls his disciples to himself and then he sends them out and it serves to establish the beginnings of a great workforce that will spread out beyond and beyond to rescue and nurture the lost sheep of Israel and that they then to be followers of Jesus will in turn evangelize the Gentiles and the Samaritans and then on through the millennia to all the peoples of the earth, including the London borough of Croydon. You see, Jesus is setting up a methodology which is driven by faith. Think about what we read in the book of Acts. People like Paul, and Barnabas, Priscilla and Aquila, Phoebe. They are working, witnessing, channeling blessing and bringing comfort, healing, good news, spiritual guidance. And we read of them taking off yet again to new places, new occupations, so that the kingdom of God is indeed a growing and living kingdom. Now those blessings may take many different forms because we come to understand that many come to Christ and we've experienced and seen it, read about it down through history and many of us will have seen it in our own experience that many come to Christ not from the Bible teaching so much and at least initially but because they are blown away by meeting and engaging with Jesus people, hopefully at us, SBC. Men and women, young people, older people, who are full of Christ's blessings to share with others. Yes, the kingdom grows and expands very often because there's a blessing church there. And I have to ask myself, as someone who's been with SBC for many, many years, but also in many other churches in other countries, especially in India, are we a blessing church? Well, what does that look like in the middle of a pandemic? Let me take you on a short diversion for a few moments. Well, not so much a diversion, but let's call it an experience. 
Interestingly, I think some of us, although, although we find it so difficult and horrendous living in the middle of a pandemic, lockdown, at the same time, we manage to step out and reach out to our neighbour more easily than normal. I wonder, have you found that to be your experience? When we're in the UK, Sue and I live with our daughter and her family in South Croydon. It's in a cul-de-sac with 12 houses. We're a welcoming community. We're English, Indian, Polish, and I guess it would be fair to say that we are Christian, Hindu, and versions of being a humanist. In the past year, we've beat frying pans together to honour the NHS and key workers. We've also had three deaths, none of them from COVID, and together we shared in mourning their loss. It's our loss. And we all keep a caring eye on each other. At Christmas, we shared mulled wine in the street with social distancing, of course. Other years, we've gathered in one or two different houses for that. More recently, following the death of one lady in her 90s, we were invited by her son to the front garden for a barbecue breakfast, which spread out as we took our plates of toast and sausages into the street. Nowadays, when the days when the sun shines, it's morning coffee while sitting on the front garden walls with different members of our street family. Now, we make no claims to be unique. It's happening like this everywhere, all over the place. But as Jesus' disciples, it does us well to ask, has it taken a pandemic to have us draw closer to our neighbours? to reach out to them, not just with food, drink and a chat, but to both demonstrate in practical ways and share the good news of Jesus. You see, blessing our neighbours, colleagues and friends is not some kind of postmodern concept that's been thought up just in our lifetime. It goes right back to Jesus, sending out his disciples to nurture, blessing churches, blessing communities of Jesus' people. This morning I want to close with a favourite verse of mine. It's a letter written by the prophet Jeremiah, writing from a war-torn, shattered and struggling city of Jerusalem. Despite the state of things that they're having to cope with, he writes a message. Actually, it's not his, but it's a message that God has given to his servants to pass on to the Jewish exiles that have been taken off to be prisoners in captivity in Babylon. 
It's a message to challenge them, to remind them and to bless them. It was an encouragement and a blessing. One that's good for Selsden and Addington too. You find it in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 7. This is what it says. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you in exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Let's pray together. Let it be a blessing that we share, knowing that as a result, we will be blessed. Lord, we thank you, we praise you. You have been working down through the centuries through your faithful servants. And not least, Lord Jesus, we rejoice in what we learn on how you sent out your disciples. May we be to your disciples this day and every day. In Selsden, in Addington, in this London borough, in any part of this country or other country that you take us to, may we fulfill your commands and pass on your blessings that others may be blessed. Amen. God bless you.